Let's pray. Let's pray. We need God's presence to be with us. There's nothing we can do without Him. Let's close our eyes, please. Jesus. We need your presence. Thank you that you are here with us. You promised to be with us. You said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I believe your word that you are here with us. Only I ask that you will let us know in a way that we will not doubt that you are with us. Let us hear your voice in that quiet, silent, but yet powerful way in our hearts. That voice that speaks, that gives us that conviction that God is speaking to me. I can hear him. Jesus, let us all know in a tangible way that you are with us today. Let each of us hear your voice speaking to us in our hearts, deep down within us. Oh God, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to speak. Please speak your words through me as Jesus would speak it himself. And every one of us, through any question or contribution, find your own way to speak to all of us. As we conclude this year, in this last Sunday of the year, bring us a holy reflection into our own lives, where we have been and where we would like to be and help us in the coming year to honor you. Thank you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We started off in talking about dreams. Um, actually, before I start, I want to thank the executives for all the work that you've done. The last time when we went out, also thank you for coming. Thank you for all the food that you ate and the good discussions that we had. You missed his birthday thing when you guys left. Yeah. Um, but next year, next year our theme for the church, the whole church is seek. And pastor will talk about it today and as well tomorrow watch night service. So tomorrow there's a watch night service starting at 8 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. Okay, we amazing service. We will all be in there from 8 p.m. to 12.30. Let's make it. But Pastor will, will talk about our theme as a whole church for 2019. Remember our theme for this year was what? Arise. And youth church our theme for this year if you didn't know um, was arise and be passionate and next year the theme for the church is seek and our theme as youth is seek now right seek now 
And the theme scripture for us as youth is going to be Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Who knows what's there? Did you just read it? No. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. It's a scripture we should all memorize, okay? We should memorize it. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Okay, I don't want to begin to talk about it, otherwise we won't talk about dreams. So that will be our theme scripture, and that's why our theme as youth is going to be what? Seek now. Now, the now itself, um, also is an abbreviation of what our goals for next year is going to be. So when I met with the youth executives, we touched on what do we think we want to focus on next year. So these are not coming from me per se, it's coming from um, all the team that we're working together. And some of the discussions that came was, we want next year to be a time where we will all get closer to God, closer in our relationship with God, right? So we want to do things or learn things or engage in things that draws us closer to God. And Jesus said, describe me if I'm saying something that we didn't talk about, okay? Um, we also talked about how we want to be able to reach out to our community, right? We, we acknowledge that there's a challenge with the way churches that sometimes when we invite our friends and they come with their families, yeah, they may want to be with us, but then their families are not so comfortable. And I said, the church is already working through a process, which Pastor, actually even today, he'll be talking about briefly, that will allow us to transition, to allow people from different cultures to come, right? But then also as youth, we felt that we could do more, even in this community, to reach out to people in this neighborhood. And then another thing we talked about was, amongst ourselves as youth, we need to bond together, right? So yeah, outreach is there, we'll reach out and everything, but those of us who are already in here, we need to bond together as one big family, do stuff together, whether games or food. Oh, we're using it. Oh, you need it for the thing. Okay, Isaac, you have to give it up. Please. Yeah, that one is more important. Where was I? Bonding together. So we said that we need to do a whole lot of things, and that's, I mean, we're just summarizing it, right? There's a whole lot that we can do to bond together. So when I went through, Michaela, the list that you sent me, went through it, I think these three things really captured everything that we talked about. Now, of course, the work that we'll have to do later on will be to how to group each of the things we talked about under each of these three. And so seek now, the now um, is with the acronym, the NOW for nearness to God, outreach to the community, and then we staying together as one. There's no way you'll forget our goals for 2019, right? Seek now, you should remember now. Now, that will involve a lot of work 
on our part, all of us, all of us. It will involve a lot of work on all of us. So I'll be counting on everyone to help us become better people as individuals and then better connected to God, better impacting other people's lives. Okay? Any question? Let's move on. We started last week talking about responding to dreams. And I talked a whole lot before starting even talking about responding to dreams. So we didn't even finish. Um, but we looked at seven ways that we could respond to dreams. And last week, we wasn't last week, no, not last week, last two weeks, we were able to touch on three of them. One was that to respond to dreams, you need to compare it to the Word of God. And two, you need to listen to the witness or testimony of the Spirit. And then the third one is you need to counsel negative dreams by condemning it or destroy negative dreams by condemning it. Remember what we talked about on these three things. It was two weeks ago, but if you don't remember, I will encourage all of you to subscribe to the youth podcast. How many of you know that there is a youth podcast? You all don't know. Wow. You need to subscribe. I will send out the link. I will send out the link. Um, how many of you are subscribed to the, our remind, reminder texts? Reminder. You see that I put the notice out there by the door. You know, you text something to the number on that notice. You can subscribe. Email or phone. If you subscribe, you'll get notifications when I send it out. Okay, I send out announcements, upcoming events. Like next year, we're doing a whole lot of stuff you don't want to miss out, okay? So you really need to subscribe. If you don't have, you don't have to have a phone to, to subscribe. You just look at it, email. You can subscribe through email. I'm sure all of us have emails. And then you'll get the notification. If you have a phone, even great. Subscribe, you can get the text message right away. If you do that, two things. One, we're talking about the podcast, because once I upload it, I, I'll send out a, a notification, so you get the link direct to your email or to your phone. You can listen to the message over and over again. Even when I was driving in this morning, I was listening to what I preached two weeks ago myself, right? Because when I'm talking to you, even though I prepared, things that I say, are not rehearsed, right? The Holy Spirit speaks as I'm speaking. And so I need to also listen to it myself so I can hear what the Holy Spirit was saying that I may not necessarily have thought about. And as I was listening to it last two weeks' message, in fact, there were a whole lot that I learned myself, right? And so you guys are missing if you are not listening to the podcast. So I'll send out the link after today's service. Subscribe to the Youth Podcast. If you have Android phone, you can download any podcast app and subscribe to our Youth Podcast. You'll get it. If you have iPhone, I'm yet to put it on the iPod, whatever you guys call it. 
but you can still listen through a link that will open a, a web page, even if you have iPhone. Now, we talked about these three things, how to respond to your dreams, what to do with your dream after you have had it. You slept, you had a dream, and somebody was slapping you in the dream, and then you woke up. As the, land, as the hand was landing on your cheek, you woke up, <laughs> right? What do you do with such a dream when you wake up? This is telling us, one, you need to compare to God's word. You need to listen to the witness of the spirit. And then you need to destroy negative dreams by condemning it. So I'll just continue from number four, empower positive dreams by talking about it. And then number five, prepare towards the fulfillment of your dream. These are very loaded points. Patiently wait for the fulfillment of the dream. And then lastly, act in faith in response to your dream. Act in faith in response to your dream. So we'll start with number, well, this is compare it, compare it. I'll skip all this. I'll skip all this to empower positive dreams by talking about it. Empower positive dreams by talking about it. Our scripture is Genesis 37. Can I ask Michaela to read for me? Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hid in them all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my chef rose and stood upright while your chefs gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated them all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Amen. Continue. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers, Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Amen. Amen. You all have the story of Joseph. Joseph, we saw in the previous sessions that Joseph was one of two people in the Bible who actually were given the title as interpreters of dreams, right? Because of his excellent spirit, he lived to please God. And because of that, he had an Im immeasurable ability to interpret dreams, to understand dreams. So as a young boy, just like we all are young ladies, young men, he had a dream. And in his dream, there were, you know, you know Joseph had 11 brothers, right? He was, that he was one of 12 brothers. Together they were 12, and his other brothers were 11, and then his mom and dad. So in his dream, he saw 11 sheaves, right? The sheaves, if you've passed by a barn where the, the horse, a horse barn, you know how they gather the grain and they bundle it? So those are the sheaves. So he saw 11 of them, right, that's what it says, were binding sheaves of grain out in the field. Oh, it doesn't put a number there. Okay, that's the next one. So it says, your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed to it. So his brother's sheaves all gathered around his sheaf. So this is a dream. Okay, so he sees the sheaves, all these are belonging to your brothers, and then his is in the middle, and they all gather, and they, the sheaves bow to his sheaf, right? And then he sees another dream where the sun, moon, and 11 stars 
were bowing down to him. Now, when he sees this dream, of course, he's the only one that sees the dream in the middle of the night, right? He's the only one that slept and saw the dream. But when he woke up, he told his brothers, see, this is a dream I had. Of course, the guy who knew to interpret dreams, you think he didn't understand the, the meaning of the dream? He did. He knew what this dream meant. He knew that this dream meant that his brothers one day will be bowing down to him. And that the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, he knew it meant the sun and the moon referring to his mom and his dad, and the 11 stars referring to his 11 brothers. So Joseph knew that this dream meant that someday his dad and his brothers are all going to bow down to him, which means that he's going to be a great person. Right? People don't just people don't bow down to people who are nobody, right? You bow down to somebody who is greater than you. So Joseph knew that he was going to be a great person. Beverly, I didn't see you coming. Anyway, good to see you. So Joseph told the dream to his brothers. Remember how to respond to positive dreams. Respond to it by what? Talking about it. Talking about it. Why? Is it important to talk about it? Because when you start to talk about it, you give life to the dream. You give life to it. When you confess something in faith, Bible says you will have it. Okay? So when you have a positive dream, you see yourself writing the exam and you pass with an A, you start to talk about it. This exam that I'm going to write, I'm going to come out with A. Right? You don't, I mean, of course, you don't say, oh, yeah, I had a dream and yeah, da, 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 to make yourself mystical. No. Just say, this exam that I'm going to write, you wait and see. I'll get an A. You, you say boldly, positively. Like you were going, you, you saw yourself in a dream, you were going in a car, and the car was going to crash, and the car crashed, but all of a sudden you saw yourself outside and you were not hurt. So as you are going, today, as I'm going out, no matter what will happen, I will never be hurt. God will protect me. I, I don't care what will happen, I will not be hurt today. God will protect me. So that's how you give life to the positive dreams, by talking about it. Do you understand? If you don't say anything, you just had a dream, but you don't say anything and you leave it, you haven't given life to it. Okay? Any question? Now, I have a question for you guys then. When Joseph told his dream to his brothers, didn't he get into trouble? So, why, why am I saying then that we should talk about our dreams, positive dreams? Wouldn't that just land you into trouble? Unnecessary trouble? If he just kept quiet, he wouldn't have landed in Egypt, will he? How did Joseph land, land in Egypt? His brother sold him because he told his dreams. His brother sold him as a slave into Egypt. But if he had just kept quiet, kept his dream to himself, would he have ended up in Egypt? Would he then have become a prince for his brothers to bow down to him? No. Right? So, you hear sometimes some people say, and I've said it before too, until I started really learning this thing, that yeah, you, should, you, shouldn't, you should watch who you tell your dream to and all of that. Yes, it's true, but 
it depends on the dream you have. If it's a positive dream, right, and it also depends on how you say it and how you go about it. If it's a positive dream, you should by all means find a way to confess it. Because when you confess it, you show your faith in what you have seen. Okay? Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So faith, the vehicle for faith is what God has said. Now, if God has said something to you in a dream, you have to speak it out. Right? When you do that, you are giving life to it to come to pass in your life. So Joseph, even though he, when he said it to his brothers, he got into trouble. What really happened was that even though it seemed like trouble, God was actually playing out the dream in reality. He was bringing it to pass. You get it? That's the mysterious ways of God. So it may look like he's getting into trouble by saying it, but actually when he said it, he set the whole dream into motion. It started coming to pass. Just by his brothers hitting him, the dream has started coming to pass because they sold him into slavery. He got into Potiphar's house. They, he was accused wrongly. He ended up in prison. But still, God came through. He became now next to the king in Egypt. And his brothers then and his father came. And when they came, if you read it in Genesis, they bowed down to him exactly as he saw in his dream. Okay? You see that in Genesis 42 verse 6. He says, Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth, exactly as he saw in the dream. All right, let's move on. The next response to have to your dream is to prepare towards the fulfillment of your dream. Prepare towards the fulfillment of your dream. In Acts, so there are three ways you can prepare, okay? There are three ways. You see one there, temporal preparation. Temporal means something to do with time, okay? Time related. There's temporal there is also spiritual preparation, and then there is also physical or mental preparation. So remember, when you have a dream, you also have to prepare for the dream to come to pass. The very fact that you had a dream doesn't guarantee that it will happen. There is some preparation that you need to do. And so we're looking at the first kind of preparation is time-related preparation or temporal preparation okay here the apostle paul in this scripture anel can you read it for me but the lord said to him go for he is, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the gentiles kings and the children of israel for i will show him many many things he must suffer for my name's sake and when saul had come to jerusalem he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Amen. This is Acts chapter 9, verse 15, going downwards. Now, see this. Apostle Paul had a mighty vision. You know the vision? He was running, going somewhere, and all of a sudden, a bright light from heaven shone. 
and he fell down from the horse. The light blinded him. Like because Paul was an unbeliever, he was going to kill the Christians. He was on his way actually to kill the Christians. So as he was going, this light from heaven shone, put him off from the horse. He fell down and then he became blind. So as he was lying down, he hears a voice and that was the voice of Jesus. He hears a voice telling him at the time his name was Saul. So he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he, he asks, who are you? Is this Lord? And then Jesus said, yes, I'm the one you are persecuting. And then Saul all of a sudden realized that this Jesus that the Christians are following is true because he thought that it was false. So he has a real encounter with Jesus. And then Jesus says to him in this vision that you, he says, but the Lord said to him, go, you are a chosen, actually this was not the Lord to Paul. The Lord was saying this to Ananias. Let me backtrack so you guys understand the story. So Paul falls down from the horse and then the Lord says to him, I'm going to use you to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But he's blind, right? He was blinded by the light. And then the Lord tells him, go to the city, this place, this, this place, go there and stay there. I will show you what you must do. So he goes there to this place for three days. Paul was fasting and praying for God to show him what his life must become. So as he was doing that, then the Lord spoke to another man by the name of who? Ananias. God spoke to Ananias and told Ananias, Ananias, Paul is in this address. He's praying. Go there and pray for him so that his eyes will be open. And then fill, let him be filled with the Holy Spirit so he can go and preach my word. Now, if you were Ananias, you just imagine I were to tell you that Osama bin Laden, if he was not dead, that Osama bin Laden is coming to visit us in the youth church. So all the youth come to church next week. Osama bin Laden has become a Christian and he's coming to visit us. How many of you will come to church next week? <laughs> Let's be very honest. Will you come? Yeah, because now I know like about stories like this. Like if, if say the Bible wasn't created, it wouldn't come. There you wouldn't come, right. That was exactly how it was. So when, when God spoke to Ananias and said to him that Paul or Saul has become a Christian, he's praying, go and pray for him. Ananias was like, what? Are you serious? There's no way I'm going there. This guy, he's killing Christians. Actually, even he's coming to this town. I heard that he's coming to this town just to kill us. You want me to go to where he is? I'm not going. And then that was when Jesus said, but the Lord said to him, go. Because Saul is a chosen vessel. I have chosen him to bear my name before the Gentiles. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Then Ananias went and then he prayed for Saul. Then the Bible said, what was like scales, fish scales, fell from his eyes. And then his eyes was open. He began to see. And Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he says, Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and declared how the Lord had appeared to him. Okay, so remember, everybody was afraid of him. Because this was the terrorist who was killing all the Christians. And now we are bringing him to church and saying, look, Osama bin Laden is a Christian. 
everybody was afraid. Nobody wanted to really have anything to do with him. So Barnabas was like one of the good guys who believed that Paul had changed. And he brought him to the disciples and was telling them how he had changed. And so Paul stayed with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to. When Jesus appeared to him, he said that you are a chosen vessel to bear my name. So this is like you having a dream and Jesus appears to you, Ransford, and says, Ransford, you are a chosen vessel to bear my name. I am going to use you. You are going to be a mighty tool in my hand in these last days. Right? You know you can have such a dream. You can have such a vision where Jesus will appear to you and talk to you. Or somebody, maybe you have a dream and then I am telling you in the dream, Nick, God is going to use you. You see, in the, in the dream, and I'm telling you, God is going to use you in these last days. You're going to be a mighty tool in God's hands. And then you wake up. So Paul has this vision. How long does it take before Paul actually begins to walk into this vision in reality? What's your guess? What? Nine days, and you said, huh? Right away, right away, nine days. Yes, what else? Any guess? Any guess? Any guess? Okay, let's read Galatians 2. Beverly, read for me. Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And when James did and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to them. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they had to be circumcised. Amen. Had to circumcise. 14 years. <laughs> right? 14 years. Does 14 years sound like a long time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how old are you now? Did it take a long time for you to get to your age now? Yes. Right. So 14 years is a long time. Right? And those 14 years, Paul had to just prepare himself. Yes. There's no water there? Yeah, go outside and get it. Just one person can go. Oh. Okay, so the temporal preparation that you need is a, a preparation of time. You should not be in a hurry that you have seen something or God has shown you something and so therefore tomorrow it must happen. You know, sometimes you have, we have some prophets visit us, right? People with a prophetic, the gift of prophecy. And so they will call you and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing about you that God is going to use you oh, or that this is going to happen. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. There's a time preparation always associated with every dream you will have. I remember one time I had a dream and in this dream the Lord, I'll just summarize the dream because I can't tell you all the details of the dream. <laughs> in this dream Basically, what the Lord was showing me was that there was something that is going to make a lot of people fall, right? It's going to, the devil will succeed to use it to 
make a lot of people fall, but if I stand my ground, I will overcome it. Right, so that was the gist of the dream. And so when I saw the dream, I told my pastor about it. And then he explained to me, yes, this is, this is exactly what the Lord is telling you, but it may not necessarily be something now or tomorrow, maybe something in the future. So you need to prepare and be ready so that you can stand for the Lord, right? And when he told me that, it really helped me. It really helped me that he told me that it may not be not something for now. Because I would have, at that time, thought that, oh, I have already overcome. And I have already standing for the Lord. But because he said it's something for the future, even up to today, I'm always conscious of it that I want to stand for the Lord. No matter what, I want to stand for the Lord. Right? And it's helped me and shaped my life. So, you always have to have that mindset that whatever God is showing me in the dream, yes, sometimes it may be for now, but it may also be for the future. You see it's hot in here, right? Can you turn, once you put the water down, turn, turn down the heater. Now, there's also a spiritual preparation. You have a question? Sorry? You want this one? You want to read? Okay. Spiritual preparation. Read, read for me, Anel. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you are more pleased. Amen. So, uh, John the Baptist was baptizing people in the river Jordan. Now, as he was doing that, everybody was coming to be baptized. Jesus also came to be baptized, okay? Now, as Jesus was going to be baptized, of course, he was praying. So, it's good to pray. As you, the more you pray, the more likely it is you have a vision or a dream. The less you pray, the less it's, it's, it's always like that. If you pray more, you increase your chances of having a godly vision or dream. If you pray less, it drops. So as Jesus was praying, being baptized, something happened. All of a sudden, the heavens opened. So he had a vision. Okay, there was a vision. The heavens opened and then there was a voice that spoke. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well, pleased. What a nice dream to have. Nana, he sleep and then God speaks in the dream. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Wouldn't you be happy? Be excited. I will be excited because, you know, my number one goal in life is to make God happy. I don't care if you are not happy with me. As long as Jesus is happy with me, I'm cool. Okay. So, Jesus has this dream or this vision. What happens next? Gabriel, can you read for me? Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led to the, by, the, by the Spirit into the wilderness, being kept in for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they, when they had ended, he was hungry. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out to through all the surrounding regions and taught in the synagogues. Synagogues being glorified by all. Amen. Well, what was funny, Vanessa and Anel? Okay. 
Spiritual preparation. We're talking about spiritual preparation. Jesus has this vision. God tells him, you are great. You are awesome. I am so happy with you. Right? It's still a vision. It's still a dream. It doesn't mean it's coming to pass. Right? What does Jesus do for the dream that he saw to actually come to pass? He gets into fasting and prayer. 40 days. Praise. After he prays, you see that he returned in verse 14, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit because he prayed. That is spiritual preparation. You know, that's why sometimes, a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, and the pastor said that this and this was going to happen to me and it never happened. Of course, it will never happen. When all you did was to eat bangkun and okra soup after the pastor told you that. You need to pray for what God has said to you to come to pass. That is spiritual preparation. Spiritual preparation. You saw that, you saw your great sheet. Is that how you call it? Your progress. <laughs> how do you guys call it? Report card. Report card. Report card. So you have, you have this nice dream where you saw your report card and all your grades was what? A, 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 A. You get numbers. So like what? 98, 97, 96, 99, 99.5. Who, who would want a report card like that? Right? So you saw this in a dream. Where you saw a report card and it was all 90s. And then you woke up from the dream. Wouldn't you be excited? And then you'd be all happy. I know that I'm going to do well. And you don't do anything about it. And then you get your report card in reality. And it's 68, 43, 72. And then you're like, oh, God has deceived me. No, no, no. God has not deceived you. When he showed you the dream, you needed to prepare for the dream. Okay? And you do that by praying, spiritual preparation. Now, that may not be enough. There is also physical and mental preparation that needs to happen. Let's look at this scripture. Actually, before the scripture, physical and mental preparation, what I have there is that you need to work on your dream. So this dream example that I gave you about your report card, think of two scenarios where this person had this dream, another person had this dream. So Nick and Genevieve, you both had a dream, you saw a report card above 90. Nick was so happy, he said that I already know how I'm going to do in this exam, I don't need to study. And then Genevieve said, oh, I know I'm going to do very well if I study. And so Genevieve studied. And both of them prayed. Nick fasted three days, fasting and prayer. I want my report card to be what I saw, but he didn't study. And then Genevieve also, she didn't, she didn't do three days. She just did maybe six to 12, but she prayed. And then she studied. The two of them, which of them do you think will get the report card that will reflect the dream they had? Both of them. They should. <laughs> Michael, are you sure? They should. Oh, really? Even if he didn't study. If you paid attention in class, 
Uh, if he paid attention in class, God should help him. Not necessarily. He has to study. He has to study. When you study, it doesn't mean that you have to study everything. You have to work through the effort and study. And then in doing that, you ask God, help me. What I am missing, help me to catch it. Do you get it? If you don't study, you won't make the grades. But if you only study and you don't pray, you also not have God's help. Okay? So you need physical and mental preparation. Let's read this scripture, Hebrews 11, verse 7. Can you see? Nadel, can you see? Hey. Irina, read for me. Yes. I'll call you for another one. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Amen. 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 So God speaks to Noah divinely, whether a vision or a dream. God speaks to him, I'm going to destroy this whole earth with rain. Imagine Noah then going into fasting and prayer that God protect me and my household. Don't let this rain destroy us. Do you think when the rains came, they will be protected? They will be carried away. He had to prepare for what God has shown him. He says, okay, let me prepare an ark. Because God told him, do that. So he woke up from it and he said, okay, I'm going to physically get some wood and build the ark. That involved work. You know, you need to work on your dream. If you see yourself in a dream as some top executive in some meeting, you need to then, what that means is, you need to start working on that dream now by not taking your classes um, lightly. Steady hard. Don't be with the wrong friends. You, because I have seen in the dream that I'm going to be a very important person. I need to study hard. I need to take my classes seriously. You, do you get it? You need to work on it hard. When your people are going for parties, you are hiding in the basement studying. Because you have a dream that God has given you. That you are working on that dream. You don't just leave it and say, oh, God has shown me so it's going to happen. You'll be there and you will never become it. God forbid. All of you will become what God has shown you to become. Amen? So Noah moves and he prepares an ark. Now, I kind of define the word work when I say work on your dream. Work there means a sustained effort to overcome problems, to accomplish an objective. I want you to think about that for a moment. A sustained effort to overcome problems, to accomplish an objective. Is it always easy to do very well in class? It's not. Now, those of you who have been fortunate to have good grades, have you always had good grades? Has there been times that you've had bad grades? Or you had grades you really didn't like? Of course. Right? So when I say a sustained effort, it means that there are times when you'll be discouraged, when you will not hit the mark like you wanted to. But you don't give up. You don't drop your fight and say, oh, no, it, there's no need to even study hard. Like you really studied for this exam and it came, like it happened to me 
my first semester at the University of Toronto, I took a course in, um, uh, it was viruses, right? Vi is it viruses? Yeah, viruses. So because first one was on bacteria and this one was on viruses. And I studied so hard, went in the exam. You know how you come out of the exam and you know you will do very well, right? This was how I felt. I came out of the exam. I said, in all the exams that I've written, if I don't do well, not this one. And then the results came. You see, it was so bad, I don't even want to tell you the mark that I got. <laughs> it was the lowest mark I have ever gotten to date. I got 51. <laughs> oh no, and you know, guys, listen. You know, and U of T, the fail, the fail mark is 49. You get 49, and below, you have failed. You have to repeat. And I got 51. No, come on. I was bordering on failing. Now, listen. <laughs> Guys, listen. But this was, this was an exam that I thought, hello. <laughs> Guys, listen, listen. This was an exam that I thought that I would do very well. Ima, listen, listen. No, that was the, that was my mark in that course. That was my mark in that course. Now, let me tell you what that mark did to me. If you guys, you guys, there are some of you in university, you understand what I'm saying. So your overall, maybe, maybe in high school it's, it's the same too. Your overall average is calculated from the individuals, right? And my overall average before that course was good, very good. But just that 51 mark brought me down that I spent the rest of my university program just trying to bring it up. Just that one mark now set me back so much that now all my other courses, I had to work extra hard so that my overall average will come a bit up. You see, so sometimes you can have those setbacks, right? But when you have that setback, you don't just give up and say, oh, there's no use in studying. Look, I studied so hard and I wrote this exam and then I failed. No, that's why it's a sustained effort. Guys, guys, can, can you listen? It's a sustained effort. You don't drop it, you sustain it to overcome problems. A problem like a difficult course. One course that I also took, genetics in university, the problem for that, that I had with that course was the instructor. This old woman, she didn't know how to explain the thing. Made it so difficult. But you have to overcome that problem. You know, you have to overcome it. Otherwise, you're not going to do well. Hey, hello. Too much talking. 
Are you with me? So you need to overcome problems that are in your way to fulfilling your dreams. To accomplish an objective. So the objective here is the dream that God has shown you. You know, some, some of us, the dreams that we are talking about may not necessarily be a dream like you slept and then you had a dream. But it could be some kind of desire that God has given you. That I want, I, I, I feel like I can help people by becoming a medical doctor. Right? And it's a desire God has given you. Oh, I feel like I can help people. Like yesterday I was talking to someone and he was telling me his wife is a, a, a public health inspector. Right? So they inspect like restaurants and stuff and make sure they are kept clean and obeying the rules. So that could be like your dream. Oh, I want to be like uh, someone who builds houses, a real estate agent or something. Right? And that's your dream. Whatever it is, you want to work on it by overcoming problems in a sustained way. I'll give you an example. You know the story of Joseph when Joseph had a dream, uh, not Joseph, Pharaoh had a dream and he asked Joseph to interpret the dream. I told you guys, right? What was Pharaoh's dream? Who remembers? The what? Cows. So seven, Lenga Lenga, you know what Lenga Lenga is? <laughs> seven skinny cows. Skinny cows were there, and then there were seven fat cows. And the seven skinny cows swallowed up the fat cows. Right. And they were still skinny. And that was the dream that Pharaoh had, and he woke up. And you know the interpretation of the dream? The interpretation of the dream was that there was going to be seven years of plenty food. So those were the seven fat cows. Seven years of plenty food. And after that, it's going to be followed by seven years of farming. Serious farming such that they will pe the people will even forget that we had seven years of plenty food. Right? And those were the seven skinny cows. And they were going to forget because the skinny cows will swallow up the fat cows and they will still be skinny. See, it's a very nice dream. See, when you hear the interpretation of the dream, then the dream really look, looks nice. And so when Joseph interpreted the dream to Pharaoh, he's had his dream. What, does, what should be his response? You need to work on it. You need to prepare physically, mentally. What does Joseph do? Let's read this scripture, Genesis 47. Um, can I ask... Novelette to read for me. Guys, can you keep quiet, please? Read. Now in the seven plentiful years, in the, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the fruit of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid, the, uh, laid up the food in the cities. He laid, up, he laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for immeasurable. Amen. Yeah, it was immeasurable. So you see Joseph working. During that seven years of plenty food, 
he made sure he collected food from all over the nation and stored it. Right? Have you tried to store food for one week at home? Two weeks? One month? It's hard. Right? And without any freezer. If there was no freezer and no fridge, will you be able to store food for long? So can you imagine the amount of work that Joseph had to do to store food for more than seven years and for it to remain still good after seven years? That's a lot of work, right? But Joseph was able to do it. And so the dream that you are having or that God will show you may involve a lot of hard work. Hard work. I told you that from a young age, I knew that God wanted me to do his work. Right? I told you guys. And now I'm talking to you guys. It feels like it's so easy talking to you, right? But it's not. It's a lot of hard work. A lot of sleepless nights. You come and you are all happy and smiling. Right now as I'm standing here, you don't even know how I'm feeling. Even though I'm smiling. Right? And I'm talking and Beverly is laughing. It's all hard work for me to still try to focus. Even though I'm being distracted. You know? I should shake your hand after distracting me. <laughs> 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 Beverly, Beverly owes me a high five so it's a lot of hard work you need to work on it right if you had a dream and a lot of children right and this is a dream somebody shared with me before There's a lot of children in a school compound and they were all coming to you and you were feeding them. Right? What that dream is telling you is that sometime or some, someday, God is going to use you to help a lot of people, children. You'll be like a mother to them. Right? They may not necessarily be children, but whoever, whoever the people are, you'll be like a mother to them, helping them. So a dream like that won't come on, a, on an easy plate. You have to work hard full of disappointments here and there. Actually, that's in, in my next point. So, um, I'll, I won't talk about it. Let's go on. Patiently wait for the fulfillment of the dream. Patiently wait for the fulfillment of the dream. Are you learning something? Should I end it or go on? Okay. So, patiently wait for the fulfillment of the dream. Now, you will realize that a lot of the dreams, even examples we've gone through, most of them, the dream, you have the dream today, it takes years for it to come to pass. You need patience to wait for the dream. During that time of waiting, you have to be working on the dream. You have to be encouraging yourself, bringing yourself to not give up. You know, uh, these days people give up easily because everything is so fast. So we don't, we don't have patience to wait. If you are hungry, you don't wait for food. You just go to fast food. And then you get it right away. If the food is before, when the food is in the refrigerator, to be able to eat it, 
you have to put the charcoal on the stove and then try to light up the charcoal, fan it. Once the fire comes, then you put the food in the bowl and put it on the stove, on the charcoal, whatever, and then fan it before it can become warm, before you can eat it. Now there's a microwave. Just two minutes. Pim, 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 boom. Then two minutes, it's already ready. Then Beverly is eating it. You're not eating? Sure. And so, we don't have patience to wait for things. But let's see. In this example, in Habakkuk chapter 2, Belinda, can you read for me? Habakkuk chapter 2, from verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will, and what I will answer when I am corrupted. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. This is a good scripture to memorize. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, I will stand upon my watch and I will watch to see what he will say to me when I am reproved. He says, though the vision is yet for an appointed time, wait for it. It will not tarry. In the end, it will surely come to pass and it will not tarry. To tarry means to wait, right? So Habakkuk sees a vision and the Lord speaks to him and tells him, write it down. Write it down. Now, just as a side, that's one response you should have to your dreams that I didn't include, okay? So, take note of that. What's going on? You guys are really making my work difficult. Okay, let's move on. What was I even saying? See, now you just threw me off. What was I saying? Something about the it will not wait. It will not wait. You need to write our dreams as a response. I didn't add it, but that's a response you want to have. Okay? When you have a dream that you feel that this is a dream that is speaking to me. I mean, not those nasty, nasty dreams, right? No, there are some dreams you have. You know, this one is because I ate too much last night. That's why I had this dream. But when you have dreams that you know, this one, God must be speaking to me. You write those dreams down. It doesn't matter if you don't understand it. Write it down. Because a lot of the times you realize, and I'm telling you something about how God speaks to us. Listen, guys. God rarely speaks everything he wants to say in one moment. Never. Even the Bible that you have in your hand, he didn't spit it all out in one time. Do you know how long it took for the Bible to be put together? Who knows? We talked about this. 1400 years 1400 years God will speak he will speak a small a small part here to someone he will speak a small part there to another person speak a small part there to another person imagine if all those people never wrote it down and they all just kept it in their head how will we piece it all together to actually hear what God is saying you know so God speaks in bits and pieces you write it down you may uh, just this year 
One night, God spoke, God showed me something in a dream. And I woke up, I, I, I clueless, I didn't understand it, but I knew God was speaking to me. So I wrote it down, even though I didn't understand it. And I prayed. And I slept again the following night. I had another dream similar to what I had, I had seen before, the night before. And I didn't get it. I wrote it down and prayed about it. The following night, when I slept, I had another dream similar to the two that I had seen. And then I wrote the third one down. Now, after I wrote down the third one and I started praying about all three together, then boom, God explained the dream to me. And all three of them was one message that God was giving to me. You understand? Can you imagine if I didn't write any of them down? By the third day, I will not remember what I had on the first day. Right? So, make it a practice. I have uh, an app on my phone that I journal things that happen in my life. So, I write it down. You can do that. Or buy a notebook. You want to keep it secret, right? Because it's personal. So, you don't want it to... So, so my, my, the app on my phone has a password on it. Even my wife doesn't know that password. It's just me. Yeah. Can you imagine when God told Abraham, go and sacrifice Isaac? And then Abraham went and put it on his phone. Quink, 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 quink. God told me last night, go and sacrifice Isaac. And then he leaves his phone there. No lock, no password, no nothing. And then Sarah picks it up before Abraham wakes up in the morning. That, you mean you are going to kill my son? Do you think he would have been able to take Isaac to the mountain to obey God? No. So, the, the, the key here is, your relationship with God, number one, is personal first, before other people come into the story. So you must do everything you can to protect that, protect that personal connection to God. Okay? So that's just by the way. Habakkuk, God spoke to him and told him, write down the vision. Write it down. Write it down. And then he says, in the end, it will speak and not lie. You need to patiently wait for it. In Hebrews 10, 36, the Bible says, you have need of patience. You have need of patience. So that after you have done God's will, you will be able to receive the promise. What is the promise? The promise is that dream that you had. After you have done God's will, you will be able to receive that promise. Now it says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Okay? James 5, verse 7 to 8. Emmanuel, read for me. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, <coughs> waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and, la and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's at hand. Amen. So this is a promise that God is giving. Jesus is coming again. And people are growing impatient. If Jesus is coming again, why is he not here? Right? But he's saying, wait patiently for it. It's just like any other dream God gives you. You need to be patient in waiting for it. Now, here is another scripture that talks about patience. And I will have Anel to read it for me. In that you have have ministered to the states and do minister 
and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but intimidated. In, no. <laughs> those who through no, faith. But imitate. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I, blessing I bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured the ability to survive pain, harm, loss, and disappointment without complaining, he obtained the promise. Amen. Now, what I want you to notice is the expansion of the word patiently endured. Patient, to patiently endure something is to have the ability to survive pain, harm, loss, and disappointment without complaining. A lot of the times where we all fail is that whilst we are going through disappointment, harm, pain, loss, we are complaining and murmuring. When you do that, you are not patiently enduring. You are impatiently enduring. Right? But to be able to respond positively and in a good way to the dream that God has given you, you need to have that capacity to go through challenging times without complaining. The fact that God told you that you will be a blessed person with money, right? You're going to be a very rich, you know, so there's a prophecy that came, you're going to be a very rich businessman. <laughs> it does not mean that you will not go through trouble. The journey to that place, like Joseph, may mean becoming a slave, may mean going into the prison, may mean being lied upon, right? Like accused falsely. Before you get to that top place. Now, during that process, you need to patiently endure without complaining. Are you with me? Sometimes, so it's not all of us that have it all put together. Most of us are fortunate to have mom and dad still married and together and taking care of us. But some of us don't have that privilege where we have mom or dad separate whilst we were still young. And so we are growing up with, without mom or without dad, right? And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy because sometimes you also want to have. I remember myself growing up. Growing up was tough because, yeah, my dad was working, good job, he was a banker, but still times were difficult. And so my mom, my mom used to sell stuff in the market. You know, the market in Ghana is not like um, here, like grocery store, no, no. It's like really difficult place to sell. And nothing was really coming home. So when you see my mom, like she wasn't really, you know, it's not like, when you, I didn't want my mom to visit me at school because my friends would tease me that, is this your mom? You know, that was how bad it was. That was how bad it was. To a point where my mom visited me one time at school and my friend asked me, is that your mom? You know what I said? No. I said, no, that's my auntie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You see, so not all of us have it all put together. But it doesn't matter how your condition is, endure it patiently. You understand? Because it's not going to be forever. 
There is no situation that is like permanent. No, 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 no. Except God is not in the story. If God is in the story, ah, it will change for the better, always. Okay? But you need to be patient. You don't give up on God and say, oh no, all this thing, I've been praying to God and praying, praying for God to hear and not let this happen to mom and dad, but still it happened and God is not answering, so I give up on God. No, you don't do that. You still hold on to God and say, yes, even though it happened, I still know God has a plan for me. I'm going to hold on to him and I'm still going to commit my life to him. And as you do that gradually, I mean, right now, it's not like we are filthy rich, but we are blessed. Like, I mean, my parents in Ghana. I'm here. I've been here for many, many years. I, st I don't have to worry about them. That, you know, how people always sending money to their people. No, no, I don't need to worry about that. Even sometimes my dad sends me money here. <laughs> when I was getting my, my dad sent me money. I said, oh, good. Okay. Right? Anyway. Yes, Chris. Wait, your dad lives here? Or no, my dad lives in Ghana. Wow. Yeah. Where, where does his mom live? <laughs> my mom is also there. You know, you know, they came here for my wedding, right? Do you guys remember? Yeah, they came here for my wedding. They booked their own ticket. They paid for it. I didn't pay for their ticket. They came themselves. So I'm saying that to say that, look, there was a time when I was even so shy to even say my mom was my mom because things were so difficult, right? But God's been faithful. You don't need to give up on God. You need to patiently endure. Let's read this scripture. This is the last one on this, on this point. Judah, can you read for me? Guys, listen. Amen. Another good scripture to memorize. <laughs> For you, O God, has tried us. You have proved us as silver is what? Refined. You brought us into the net. Can you imagine? God takes you and puts you into the net where you are entangled. You don't have your freedom. But he actually took you and put you there, Michaela. So you'll be entangled and you won't have your freedom. And he does that purposefully. He says, you laid affliction. You know what affliction is? Affliction is difficult times, trying moments. So God picks you up and picks affliction and puts it on your back. So you go through a difficult time, difficult challenge. God does that, right? He does that. And he says, you have caused men to ride over our heads. So he gives you a very difficult instructor in school who, who doesn't listen and trying to fail you on the course. You have, you have caused men to ride over our heads. You brought us through fire and through water. You know, that's contradicting situations. So it's like just when it felt like things were cooling down, then all of a sudden, another, tr another trouble came up again. You know, you go up and down, up and down, up and down. And God allows those things to happen. Why? So he can form his character in us. Because to God, it's more important that you become more like Jesus than you have 20 cars. He doesn't care about cars if you don't look like Jesus. You get it? So if he has to take you through challenging moments so you can learn to be patient and learn to love people and learn to appreciate other people, he will do that. Now, after you have gone through all that and you have come out, he will 
He says, but now you have brought us to rich fulfillment. Now, fulfillment of what? Fulfillment of that dream. Fulfillment of that vision that he put in your heart. Lastly, act in faith in response to your dream. Act in faith in response to your dream. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists, that, or that he is there, he exists, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Faith. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. You know, as we are sitting here, it takes faith for you to believe that God is here with us. And if you really believe that God is here with us, it will affect how you behave whilst you are here. Do you, do you get me? If as I'm talking, you could physically see Jesus sitting up on stage on his throne, will you behave the way you are behaving? Yes. <clears throat> right? But it takes faith to be able to believe that as I'm talking, Jesus is seated here. I know that. How do I know it? By faith. Because Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. So there means here. We have gathered in Jesus' name, haven't we? Isn't it because of Jesus that's why we are here? Right. It's not because of me. It's because of Jesus. We are here. So Jesus is here. You have to have faith. I was praying like one time this week, lying down, and there was a moment I knew that Jesus had walked in. I didn't see him, but I knew that he was there. How? By faith. Right? Because he says that when before you call on me, I would have answered. And whilst you are yet speaking, I will hear. How will he hear if he's not there? He, he, he was there. You see, and when you have faith, it instructs how you react. Because right now, as we are seated here, right, if let's say we all believed truly that this roof is going to fall on our head in the next one minute, if we all truly believe that this roof will fall on our head and somebody comes and it's next like two seconds to one minute and we are all comfortably seated here, do you think they will believe that we believe that the roof will fall on our head? No. What you believe will instruct how you act. If you really believe the roof will fall, we should see you running out. We should see you running out. And so, James said, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works or by my actions. Okay? Act in faith in response to your dreams. Let's, let me give you an example. In Matthew chapter 2, Joseph has a dream. Or was it Joseph? Here, it was um, the three, not the three, the wise men. Like the Bible doesn't say they are three. The Bible just says wise men. So the wise men go to see Jesus. And remember how they went to Herod trying to find out where is Jesus going to be born. And then Herod said, when you find the child, come and tell me so I can go and worship him. Now you know 
Herod wanted really to kill Jesus. So the wise men leave, and they actually go, and they find where Jesus was born. Now, after they found where Jesus was born, what's the next thing to do? They will want to go back to Herod and tell him, this is where we found him. But when they slept that night, they had a dream, right? And what was their dream? Their dream was they were warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod. So they slept in the night and they had a dream. And somebody somehow was telling them in the dream, don't return to Herod. And so they woke up from the dream. Now, there are so many responses they can have to this dream. Oh, we are thinking that we shouldn't, we were thinking that we should return to Herod. That's why maybe we are having this dream and somebody is telling us not to return to Herod. So that would be one response. Another response would be, oh, it's just a dream. Let me just forget about it. Let me just go to Herod. Herod is the king. But it takes faith for them to believe that this was a dream I had, but this dream actually is God speaking to me. And so now I am going to act by faith according to what this dream was telling me, and I will not return to Herod. Are you with me? And so by faith, they departed to another place. Another example, Joseph has a dream. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him, Take Jesus and Mary and flee to Egypt, because Herod is trying to kill him. And Joseph wakes up in a dream. He wakes up from the dream. He believes God is speaking to me. Let us get up and go to Egypt. Right? Can you imagine that as we are seated here, I have a dream that um, Canada is going to have an atomic bomb. God forbid. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> Dropped on it in 2019. And so in my sleep, let's say in my sleep, I see an atomic bomb coming and dropping on Canada. And then I wake up and then I, I believe that God is trying to tell me that there's a bomb coming. <laughs> right? If, if, I, if I get up and then I have faith, what would that faith tell me to do? To move. So what would I do? I would have to carry my family and leave you guys. Ah. You tell us. And then, <laughs> and then we will go to another country. Now, that involves faith to do that. Because you know why? What do you think people will be thinking of me? They are crazy. There's something wrong with this guy. He just had a dream and he's moving his family. Right? Because in the world that we live in, people don't take dreams seriously. It's like dream is just a dream. You just slept and you saw something. Do you get it? You are not supposed to act on it because it's just a dream. But it takes faith to go that step further and say, no, it, it wasn't just a dream. I know God was speaking to me. That's why I'm moving. Do you get it? That's why I'm saying act in faith in response to your dream. Otherwise, you have all the nicest dreams that God can give you, but not one of them will come to pass if you don't have faith. Okay, so Joseph took the child and then they were in Egypt. Whilst they were in Egypt, he had another dream. And an angel told him, now pick up the child and go back to, um, was it Jerusalem? I think so. Because whoever was seeking for the child's life is dead. You know, remember in those days, there was no internet, there was no phone, there was nothing. There was no way for Joseph to know that Herod is dead. 
right? So it had to take another faith for him to carry the boy and Mary, the boy Jesus and Mary, and go back, believing that as he saw in the dream, that is exactly what has happened. Are you being helped? All right. I think that's about it. There's still more, but I'll end here. Yeah, I already talked about this. So, seven ways compared to God's word. Listen to the witness or testimony of the Spirit. Destroy negative dreams by condemning it. Empower positive dreams by talking about it. Prepare towards the fulfillment of your dream. Patiently wait for the fulfillment of the dream. And act in faith in response to your dream. Amen. Any question? Now, if you missed the earlier series about dreams, we talked about really interesting stuff. Please get the podcast, the youth podcast. All of it are there. I will put this one also on there. Listen to it over and over again. Amen. So bow down your heads as we pray. I want you to talk to God on a very personal level, like a personal chat with God. You, yourself, and God. Okay? Talk to God about, come on guys, we're praying. Beverly, we're praying. Close your eyes and talk to God. What is your difficult challenge, the most difficult challenge you've had to deal with this year? That one thing that you've wanted to overcome but somehow you couldn't. I want you to close your eyes and talk to God about it and tell God that 2019, I want you to help me. I'm going to hold on to you. I really want to hold on to you to overcome this challenge. I want you to be serious. It's between you and God. Just between you and God. Just that personal chat. And say, help me. Whatever it is we are going to do in the youth, I'm going to fully commit to it. Whether it's a Bible reading plan, whether it's some get-together, whether it's some outreach, whatever it is that we are doing here, I'm going to commit to it. I just ask that you help me to overcome. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. The Lord is hearing you. The Lord is hearing you. Talk to him. He's really hearing you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Can I ask Gabriel to pray for us? Amen. Amen.